London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where Open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. The house I live in, the plot of earth, the street, the grocer and the butcher, and the people that I meet, the children in the playground, the faces that I see, all races, all religions, that's America to me. Welcome to the Refuge for the Politically Homeless. From Boise, Idaho, this is Adam Graham. Well, the election results are pretty well established. Joseph Biden will be the 46th president of the United States, having uh, defeated uh, incumbent president Donald Trump. Now, if you have not accepted that yet, you may not be in the right headspace for this podcast, because we're just going to take that as read. But at any rate, the president-elect has uh, declared victory and called for unity, which led to a chorus of objection, with many conservatives saying that how could they be unified behind Biden with uh, the proposals he's making, his history on the campaign trail. Now, I do think there are some sincere questions on this, and to be honest, I really used to struggle with this whole question. How do you unite behind a president who you really disagree with. I think the most important thing, and to me the most helpful thing, is that you you have to start by defining what you mean by unify. Now, what I used to think it meant when people said unify behind uh, the president is I thought it was a little bit of a hypocritical song and dance. The idea that we need to unify behind our new president and give him anything he wants. And I cannot uh, unify behind Joe Biden in that sense. Joe Biden wants a lot of policies that I strongly and passionately disagree with, starting with uh, government-funded abortion to tax increases and big new government spending. I can't, you know, agree to that. And I don't think I'm the only one who ever thought that unity after an election had to be in this absolute sense. I really believe that President Obama had that idea in mind. I think before his election, he said a lot of the right things. He gave that great 2004 National Convention speech about how we were all, you know, one people. We weren't red America or blue America. We were uh, America. And he had some great you know, unifying gestures. Uh, He held uh, a celebration of his opponent in the general election, Senator John McCain. And he even went to meet with the House Republican uh, Conference, which is not something a Democratic president really ever did. However, when he got to the conference, uh, that's where there uh, turned out to be some issues. Because some of the Republicans started challenging him on his plans, and he answered with essentially, I won. 
And there were several times, uh, particularly in those first few months in office, when he would, you know, have this big bipartisan meeting and uh, Republicans would start to challenge him, ask him tough questions. Uh, John McCain did it. And he would uh, call out the fact that he won. And the way that he said it, uh, President Obama, it sounded like it was that he should be holding a microphone in his hand and dropping it. However, what President Obama and anyone hoping for some sort of absolute sense of unity uh, in terms of everybody just agreeing to everything that Joe Biden wants, uh, didn't really consider is that all of those Republicans that he was speaking to, they won too. Uh, they won elections to the U.S. House, and uh, we have uh, Republican uh, members of Congress uh, in both houses who won just as much as Joe Biden did. And they don't have to check all of their ideas and agendas and differences with Joe Biden at the door in the name of unity. I don't think you can really expect any American citizen to have to do that. So in term, practical terms, unity cannot be an abandonment of everything you believe to embrace everything the new president believes. And what is reasonable? What can we expect? It comes, I think, with a more mature realization. A realization, the election is over, and our nation has chosen a new president. The president has a vital and central role to play in the operation of our government. And for the safety and well-being of our nation and our all the citizens in it, I hope he does it well. Really do wish him well, and I pray for him to make wise and good decisions uh, as he tries to lead our nation these next four years. I hear people say things like, that. I want uh, Biden to fail. You know, if they are to that point of accepting that he's going to be uh, president, they're like, I want him to fail. Right? So you would like a situation uh, where uh, there's a military blunder uh, that leads to a loss of American lives and prestige. You'd like that to happen? Or maybe what you mean is you would like Americans to be hit by a natural, national disaster and for the president to botch the response. And you have thousands and tens of thousands of people suffering, hundreds of people needlessly dying because the president failed. Is that what you mean? Or you'd like a situation where the stock market crashes, where uh, tens of millions of people are out of work, where millions of people uh, are uh, struggling without food uh, because uh, the president made some horrible economic decisions. Or uh, some things come upon him, but because he's in, the in office, he's the one we blame. So is that what you mean? You'd like to have a major depression hit our country and the president just to totally bungle it. Uh, or what you mean is you'd like the president to have a scandal that brings disgrace and shame to our nation. Uh, or one of the people he appoints. You'd like him to appoint a crook or a traitor. Uh, is that what you mean by you'd want him to fail? Again, uh, you don't have to embrace the Biden uh, legislative agenda. Lord knows I don't.
But to say I want him to fail as president, that's quite a different matter than saying I disagree with his policies and I don't want his worst ones to pass. That's perfectly legitimate. But for the next four years, for the well-being of our country, I want us not to lose prestige overseas. I want us not to have uh, American uh, servicemen die needlessly due to a blunder. I don't want our economy to collapse. I don't want to see a natural disaster or a pandemic uh, mismanaged. I've disagreed with President Trump, and I certainly did not want what happened with his failure in the pandemic. I don't want to see Americans uh, hit by disaster and for the president to botch the response because it'll cost him a couple points in his approval rating. Unite behind the president not to embrace his whole agenda. It's to embrace our country, to hope that things go well. Of course, this only goes so far. If the president pursues and implements a policy that's disastrous, that's going to have consequences. The president makes a decision that's foolish, that's going to have consequences. The president is not Tinkerbell. Where, you know, uh, the uh, story that if you believed in fairies, fairies hard enough that Tinkerbell would be fine. If the president makes a mistake, if the president... Uh, does something wrong, there will be consequences. We don't cheer for that to happen. Hope for the best because you should love your country. That's what the unity is about. It's not, I stand behind everything Joe Biden says. Now, I think a lot of people do understand this. But they do want to find excuses to not be unified. Uh, to continue the fight. Because to these people, it's we don't have a process where we have an election, we pick our leaders, and then we live our lives and we let that play out. They, they want eternal conflict. And there are two things that uh, people are using as a basis to uh, avoid that uh, responsibility. Those two things are nitpicking or nutpicking. Nitpicking, uh, there are people who Biden says something or said something or Harris says something or said something to which they object. And they're like, oh, how much unity can we have with this? Many of these are the same people who had no problem with President Trump being so combative during his transition that he essentially had his honeymoon uh, chance from a lot of people while uh, he was uh, not even president yet because of all the fights he went out and picked. The president-elect is not perfect. He's still going to be a fairly liberal Democrat. The other tactic is nutpicking. And that's where people go out on the internet and they find somebody who is really extreme and said something hateful or cruel about their side. And the argument is, do you expect unity with this? And I should note that this isn't just happening on the right. There are many people on the left who are doing the same thing. Because they've got the idea of unity that it should be totally everything they want. That's the only unity they want. And they want to get back to partisan trench warfare against the right with no more of this national unity, national healing sort of rhetoric that Biden's offering right now. It has been said that uh, no one has been less happy uh, with winning an election than the left in this country after this election. But regardless, it all comes back to whataboutism. The idea that you can excuse your own poor conduct by pointing 
to someone else's conduct on the other side uh, that is also poor. Uh, I think the big problem as well with nutpicking you have to acknowledge is you are really, as the term implies, you're going for the most extreme of the extreme in order to prove your point and in order to justify your own bad conduct. I think there are lots of folks who voted for Donald Trump who now that the election is over and they've accepted that it's over, really do want all the best for the country uh, under Joe Biden. I think there are people who voted uh, for Joe Biden who want nothing more than a break from the drama and a little bit of peace. I think those are bigger segments than the nuts. But even if that's not so, the big problem with whataboutism, with indulging in that, is that it leaves the person who's making those arguments in entirely the wrong direction. I can't control what a right-wing nut or left-wing nut does or how they react to events. The only control I have over the national discourse, over the national environment, is what I contribute to it. I can choose to be gracious, or I can choose to be a sore loser, or I can choose to be a sore winner. In the end, what I choose is on me, and what you choose is on you. The question is not what the random nuts out there want. The question for each individual is what do you want? What type of nation do you want us to be? What type of person do you want to be? If you've got kids, what type of people do uh, you want them to be? That should inform the way you react to the election of a president you don't agree with. The way you deal with a disappointment. I think our nation can be bigger than it has been in recent years. And that's why I really do wish the best for our new president. I don't hope every policy he proposes passes, but I hope his presidency is a good one for our nation. Well, that's all for now. If you do have a comment, email it to me, adam at politicalrefuge.info. From Boise, Idaho, this is Adam Grant. The house I live in, my neighbor's white and black. The people who just came here are from generations back. The town hall and the soapbox, the torch of liberty, a home for all God's children, that's America.